0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: 7.19am, you are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana with Philip and Anwar. In about half an hour, we're going to discuss the U.S. House's impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden and what that means for the presidential campaign. But in the meantime, let's take a look at how global markets closed overnight.
2: The dark up 0.4%. S&P 500 was up 0.3%. The Nasdaq was up 0.2%. Very green market over there. And then for Asian side, Nikkei was down 0.7%. Hang Seng was up 1.1%. The Shanghai Composite was down 0.3%. STI was up 0.6%. And our very own FBM
0: KELTI was up 0.6%. Ooh, I think 1,500 is within
1: reach. We have two weeks till the end of the year. We have two weeks. (laughs) We can do it, guys. (laughs) Well, for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Tim Mulholland, President of TJM Limited in Chicago. Tim, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. So, with the Fed holding rates steady at the The last meeting on Wednesday. How do you see the Dow Jones and S&P 500 indices trading Of I guess, towards the end of the year, right? Are stock markets in general set for the mother of all Santa rallies?
3: Well, it looks that way. And I think when you broke out, we broke out about 4,600. And I think everybody was looking for uh, Powell to push back against the uh, financial conditions loosening. And he did the opposite. So he pretty much encouraged I think everybody expecting rate cuts next year. And, you know, lo and behold, everyone thought rate cuts would come on a, a very bad economy, but the economy looks anything but bad mm. and stronger in the fourth quarter with some momentum coming in the next year. So it almost looks like the perfect storm.
0: And Tim, I think the question everyone's asking, is it three, four, five, or even six rate cuts? Am we going to see anything in the first half?
3: Well, I, that's a very good question because this dot plot, which I never really paid attention to, but I just I thought it was kind of eye, um eye opening uh, yesterday. There is one FOMC member that's looking for six rate cuts next year. There's four members looking for four rate cuts next year. Six are looking for three and five looking for two, and two looking for none. I would be in the zero camp, however, it looks to me like the FOMC is, is about as dovish as you can get, and all that which surprises me, given that we're, you know, the uh, credit spreads are tight, you've got the market higher, you've got, uh, you know, the economy uh, moving. So, you know, again, it looks like the perfect tonic here, and I think that the rate cut expectation for right now, and I say for right now because things can change, but for right now, it looks, uh, you know, it looks pretty bullish on that front.
2: Smaller indices like the Nasdaq 100 and Russell 2000 have outperformed the larger ones on a month-to-date basis. Are we seeing investors starting to diversify their investments into smaller cap companies?
3: Yeah, there's like 65% of the S&P 500 is above its 200-day moving average now. And the Russell 2000, I believe, is up 6%. But the dynamic is is the higher volatility tech stocks have a higher return. I'm I'm sorry, the... uh, Saying it backwards, the higher volatility small caps theoretically have a lower return. Than what the large caps are doing. There's never been a bigger dynamic between the let's say magnificent seven versus you know the rest of the market and the small caps or value stocks, if you will. So I think you're seeing a more broader participation, which you know adds to the bullishness in the uh, market sentiment there as well because you're seeing the market rally broaden out a little bit. So that's coming in the line. And if we don't get a recession, and if you do get the Fed backing off on rates a little bit, I think you really want to be in EM and you want to be in rest- in the small caps
0: but there's also some expectation that the magnificent seven will do extremely well next year right forecasting earnings growth up to 20 percent right we should remain heavily invested in magnificent seven in your view
3: i don't know heavily invested but you got to be invested i think you need to diversify away if you are heavily invested good for you and you could take you know i think reallocate a little bit but those big magnificent seven have unbelievable balance sheets And uh, in franchises, so it's kind of hard to ignore them, Uh, you know, and again, I think the interest rate situation longer term rates up talking 10 year notes, which incidentally below 4%, which I did not anticipate. But I mean, that's all you can't avoid it. But I think you do need to broaden out and diversify a little bit as an equity investor now, both internally and externally.
1: (laughs) So let's take a look at the US dollar, which has outperformed all developing and emerging market currencies in twenty twenty three. How do you think the pivot to dovishness by the Fed is gonna affect the greenback's strength next year?
3: Yeah, it looks to me like the you know, the dollar, even though it was strong on the rate hike, still didn't come close to its high from um the fall of 2022. So our rally fell way short of that. Now we turn back down. And I think that uh, what and what I'm looking at and have been looking at is especially the yen. And I think the yen is going to be one, uh, you know, we were, at, what, 153, 154 yen a week or so ago. And now we're in the low 140s. Uh, and what the implications that has, and this is what I want to keep an eye on, because if you get a much strengthening yen and you've got the yen has been the biggest funding currency for the risk on trades throughout the world, that may have some implications going forward. But I think that's what you're seeing in gold. You see the gold market and you're seeing commodity. Look, at even copper uh, popped a, a, a bit more today as well. So I, I think it's going to be, I, I wouldn't be too uh, complacent on the inflation front here that the victory's over yet. Mm. But, you know, it remains to be seen. But I think we're in for a weaker dollar. And I think that's what the uh, markets, uh, stock market's hoping for as well.
0: And talking about one of the biggest commodities this year, oil, oil price continue to fall despite OPEC plus instituting cuts of 2.2 million barrels per day in the first quarter of 2024. Why has this been the case even with their planned supply restrictions?
3: Well, you know, it's interesting with this supply coming because I think there's a demand issue too. There's still a lot of people negative on the economy, but I didn't realize this. Until a week or two weeks ago, the U.S. Produced thirteen is producing thirteen million barrels a day, mm. and a lot of it's on greater efficiencies. So I think whatever cuts you're seeing in OPEC is more than made up for. I think in an increased and better, uh, more efficient production here in the states, along with the fact that people are looking at demand demand side. But again, you know, I'm I'm not so convinced that that's going to play out, and oil prices will stay low. But I think that's what's driving it, despite the uh, uh, OPEC cuts.
1: And can I get your thoughts, uh, Tim, on whether the outcome of COP28 this week is going to have any long term repercussions for the oil and gas industry? Are we going to start seeing that impact, I guess, market indicators sooner rather than later? or Is that still going to be a long way off, you think?
3: I think it's still a long way off, you know, and I think there's still a lot of male investment in that area as well. But, you know, again, it's here. And even some of these majors are looking at ways. I mean, you're seeing cleaner fuel, and you're also seeing them uh, diversify into renewables and so forth. So I, I think it's, it's, it's for real, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer than uh, maybe some may hope.
1: Before we let you go, Tim, maybe we can take a look at what's happening over in the EU and in the UK, which uh, doesn't seem to be following the Fed's uh, dovish leanings. What do you think is the picture moving over there as we head into 2024?
3: You know, again, I I think that was a little bit of a disappointment because I think there was a green light for them to, uh, for the UK and EU to back off a little bit. uh, and And they didn't. Because they're holding steadfast to their, you know, inflation mandate, and you know, quite frankly, uh, and especially of the old Bundesbank days as well, that's been one of the main themes. I don't believe that their mandate, like the Fed, is full employment and and uh, lower inflation. I think theirs primarily is inflation right now, and their their makeup there's a little bit different in holding holding uh, not so much the UK but in the EU and holding it together. But I think that was a little bit surprising. Mm. But if the Fed does move, they they won't be far behind.
1: Tim, thank you as always for speaking with us. That was Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead.
0: I think the divergence between what what, what we're seeing in the US versus what we're seeing in the UK and EU is extremely stark after you saw both decisions. What was interesting is both sides of the Atlantic made the same decision to maintain rates, but the outlooks are very different and super contrasting, right? So that's where the biggest divergence that we see actually in terms of outlook. Asia seems to be a really interesting opportunity next year. Commodity seems to be a really interesting opportunity, but the big question here is the divergence there.
2: He also advised that if you're invested in Magnificent Seven, maybe just diversify into something else.
0: That's right. <clears throat> I mean, I think uh, they still seem to do very well, but he is also relatively more constructive beyond those seven stocks.
1: And with regard to energy, I guess, uh, he seems to still be pretty much in the energy still has legs to run when it comes mm. to markets. Uh, ev- Although I think there's so many factors at play.
0: That's right, because there was even a recent report by the IEA that actually says that we expect uh, oil to peak, right, and actually demand to slow down actually in 2024. I wonder what's driving this whole dissonance and clarity about where the price trajectory of oil is.
2: Yes, you said also emphasise that, you know, commodity prices are on the rise, don't be complacent with inflation.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, it's coming up to 7.29 in the morning. We're going to head into the 7.30 a.m. News Bulletin. But after that, we are going to be discussing bamboo diplomacy uh, and what that looks like. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.